God is great. Amen? Come on, God's great. Yes, He is. Glory to Jesus. Mm, 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 mm. Well, we've been... Man, is that a good video? Um, we need to be excited for our nation. Man, there is, there is so much negative um, crud out there directed toward our nation and, and everybody involved in our nation from all of our political figures and, you know, there's just a, people are just frustrated and discouraged and fed up with politics and stuff and all that. And, you know, one of the ways that you get around that is creating a positive attitude, you know, and choosing to use, allow your mouth to be used to bless people and not curse them. To speak blessing and not cursing all the days of our life is, what, is one of the commands of God in Scripture, is to, to allow our words to be words that bless other people. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know what's in it. Okay. All right, I'm not saying that there's not stuff going on. I'm not saying that there's not times that we have to stand up for things we do. But, but first and foremost, we've got to develop a positive attitude toward life. Because God is positive and He is not negative. There's not a negative ounce of anything in, in His whole makeup and being. And so we have to learn how to maintain that on a day-to-day basis. I really encourage you in that, in where our nation and where our country is. And, you know, when we have days like this where we, you know, celebrate the, the patriots and the people that have gone before us and, and that have caused this nation to be great, we, we, we're going to continue to do our part, take the baton and continue to make it great, amen, and, and see great things established. And, and it all begins with our attitude, amen? Um, tonight, uh, second message, doing a series on a friend of God, a friend of God. And... Um, you're going to like this tonight. <clears throat> um, tonight, the, the subtitle to this, A Friend of God, is A Friend to the Death. A Friend to the Death. And I want to, I want to start, I want to go back and read a couple of the foundational scriptures in a minute, but I want to start with John 13. I'm going to read this passage, and then by the first of the week when this message is on, is, uh, on iTunes, and you can listen to it or download it, and you have friends that are not born again, if you're here today and you're not born of the Spirit of God, and, and you know what, the, the, you can't get rushed into being born again, you can't be forced into it. Because I can have you come and stand up here and, and repeat after me, Jesus, come and live in my heart, okay? And you can repeat that. You can say a, make a confession and repeat that and not be born again. Because the Bible says you have to believe in your heart that what you say is going to really happen. That has to be established inside of us. 
So you can make a confession. There have been many people come to the front of a church and they made a confession. They're not any more born again than a man in the moon because they didn't believe, because nobody taught them how to believe. And so around here, we're not in a hurry to hurry up and get people, quote, saved, okay? And, and actually, the saved, which is translated out salvation, is what you become when you get born again. You have to be born again. You get saved or the fulfillment of salvation, which is to be saved and to be healed and delivered and be made whole is what happens when you get born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, a man, uh, for a man to enter into the kingdom of God or the kingdom way of thinking or God's way of thinking, he has to be, he must, not an option, he must be born again. And so, I'm going to hit this thing tonight. So, so people, if you're here tonight and you're not born of the Spirit of God and you want to be, I think this message is going to convince you of it. And if you have friends, I'm just telling you, get them to listen to this word tonight, and I believe they can get born again. Because at the end of the service, if anybody is not born again, I'm going give to give you the opportunity to be born again, and then people will hear this and they'll listen to it and get born again. So the subtitle of my message tonight is A Friend to the Death. A Friend to the Death. John 13, 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me. You cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Peter said, I'll lay my life down for you. Jesus prophesied to him and said, you know, you've got good intentions, but you don't believe yet. 15th chapter, 13th verse. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You're my friends if you do what I tell you. If you do what I tell you, then you're my friends. No greater love does any man have but to lay his life down for his friends. As we talked about last week, we see in the Scripture that we are a friend of God. Abraham and all of his descendants are friends of God. I'm a friend of God. God is my friend, and I can tell you that today after 34 years, but first and foremost, I was his friend. He called me friend. He said, you're my friend. And no greater love does any human being have on the planet but to lay down his life for his friends. Peter tells, you know, Peter said a lot of stuff. How many know that Peter walked 
on water. How many know that? He walked. He walked on water. A lot of people in the Christian world talk about the fact that he sank. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a, I've never known anybody else ever in the history of the world that walked on water except Jesus. Peter walked on water. Jesus said, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, when he was out in the boat, he said, if it's you, bid me to come. He said, come. <laughs> come on. And he started walking. He was walking on water. Anybody ever, like, been by a swimming pool and you thought you were going to, I'm going to be God's man of faith and power. I'm going to walk. So you get out there and you're on the edge of the pool and you know why because you tried it and he obeyed he said come and what did he do he came well I'm going to try it now if God told you to do it and you did it it'll work but you know if you're at the end of the hills by the pool out there and I mean, what, what good is that going to do for you to walk on the water? Everybody's just going to be drawn to you. Hmm? Jesus was doing something with Peter. If you're in the midst of God doing something with you and, that, that, and, and he bids you to come in, in a situation like that, so be it. But you realize, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, he never, ever, other than the same account by different people, he never did the same thing twice. He never did anything the same way twice. We have no accounts of him doing, spitting in the dirt and putting mud in the eyes and causing the eyes to open. We never saw him do that again. We never saw him do the same thing twice. He said, I only do what I hear from my father, and when I do it, it works. So he's telling us, nobody, no, nobody, no one who is a friend knows how to lay their life down for another except from being a friend. And Peter said, I'll lay my life down. Well, it sounded good. But he said, before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me. Before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. And what we see here is, because we know it happened, what we see is somebody that had good intentions but wasn't really a friend. Now, I defined, last week I defined friend and I defined friendship. A friend is someone of value, integrity, trust, someone who will fight for another no matter the issues, and will never leave them. That's the friend that Jesus is. And he called me his friend. No greater love does a friend have than he lays his life down for his friends. Right? Friendships are something that are mutual. To, have, to be in a friendship, it's a mutual thing. Someone proven trustworthy, sincere, who has integrity and has proven themselves to someone else. And when there's that proving, okay, when there's that proving, then 
we begin to trust. But somebody does something wrong one time, and all of a sudden, you begin to be skeptical. So friendships can be lost. And many times, people will be friends for years, and then all of a sudden, there's, no, no, there's not any more friendship. Because a friendship is a mutual thing. To be a friend is an attitude that you develop when you understand what it means to be a friend of God. And if he called us friend, then what he's trying to get over to us, he's saying, I am a friend. I want you to be a friend. And I want you to be a friend to mankind, teaching us how to be a friend, teaching us to not take offenses when someone does something that we don't like. When, 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 we, when, when someone says something to us, to not get offended and think the worst of people. And we talked about 1 Corinthians 13 last week. The love of God is kind and it's patient. And it's all these things because that's the nature of God. That's how God is. That's how Jesus is. And He doesn't move. And every time you make a mistake, He didn't fall off the throne and have to go back to the cross because you made a mistake. He forgave you before you made mistakes. He stands with you no matter what. He'll stand with you in the midst of anything that you face because He's a friend. He'll never leave you. It doesn't matter what you do. It's not if you do right, then, then I'll do for you. No, He's already done for us. So now He wants us to live our lives to do for other people. But we can't do that until we become born again. You can't You don't have the capability inside of you to be a friend. You can develop friendships, you know, and always skeptical and always watching and, well, I don't know, and, you know, and and whatever. you, You can develop friendships, but to be a friend, it takes being born again and then allowing God's Word to transform your mind and your thinking so that you can rise up in your own personal life and be the friend that He created you to be. Never move by the mistakes of other people. Well, can we do that? I mean, is it, is it possible that I, that I can remain the same when someone else treats me wrong? I'm not saying and condoning the fact that, that people have the right to do what's wrong, no. But that's not my business. My business is not making sure that everybody does every little thing right. My business is continuing to be a friend. My business is to be kind in unkind situations. My, my, my business is to be patient when, when there's impatience going on. It, it, it's my business to not take into account a wrong suffered when someone's done me wrong. That's my business. And to still love people. And to still speak well of people even when people have done us wrong. The world that we live in, this United States of America, you know, planet Earth is waiting for people to rise up and be those kind of people, to be friends, to be people that are friend to the death. No matter what, I'm not leaving this friendship. No matter what, I'm not leaving this relationship. No matter what, I don't care what people do or say, I'm not leaving it, I'm going to stand strong. But we can't do that if we're not born again. Galatians Three, we looked at it last week, and I want to look at it again just real quickly. Galatians 3. And verse 10. 
Actually, let's just look at verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham, and we talked about last week, that that blessing of Abraham was not just for Abraham and for his family, but for all of his descendants, as many as the sand of the, uh, of the sea. He said, all of your descendants, that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, to us in Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Well, the promise of the Spirit begins in a salvation experience. Sometimes, sometimes we think that, um, that we know and understand salvation and understand the born-again concept because we've made a confession and because after making a confession, we just come to church and we hear the Word and then everything's just going to work out. But it doesn't work that way because the born-again experience that a person has as a result of what God has set up for mankind through Abraham, we're redeemed from the curse that the blessing of the, of the Spirit would come to us. Now we can be born again, the Spirit of God live on the inside of us. Now we can hear the same voice that Jesus heard. He said, I only do those things that I hear from my Father. Now we can learn to hear the voice of the Spirit, do what the Spirit says, and become successful people. But it's not going to happen if we don't become born again. And God wants you to know that He loved you so much that He called you friend before you were born again. And if you're not born again today, He's already called you friend and He wants to be the friend to you and wants you to know how important it is to be born again to develop this friend connection with God. He's a friend. I'm His friend. Now I can be a friend. I'm going to say it again. He's a friend, I'm His friend, so that I can be a friend. And no greater love does a friend have for another that he lays his life down for him. That you'll stay with people, that you'll stay with connections that you have with people and believe for people. You, you realize that so many people have issues in their life that they need a friend to stand in the gap for them. Jesus was our friend. He stood in for us when no one else would. When, when, when ever, all, of, all of the resistance of hell that came against mankind for 4,000 years after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, all that resistance from hell for 4,000 years took somebody that loved all of humanity enough to say, I choose to lay my life. I choose, I choose all of them over myself. He could have said, you know what? He could have been in the garden there where he began to sweat blood, and he, he, he could have said, you know what? This is too stinking tough. I'm giving up. And you know what would happen if he gave up? And we would have had nothing to draw from, no strength to draw from, to be able to overcome, as the song said tonight, to be able to overcome and endure through difficult situations and continue to be the friend that he created us to be. Why? Because he's the example. He's a friend, I'm his friend, and he's empowered me to be a friend. Amen? I am a friend of God. <laughs>
wow, I'm a friend of God. And you know what? As a friend of God, I have the capability because of what's inside of me, because I'm born again, I have the capability of really being a friend. Even when other people let me down, I can still be a friend. A while back, I was, I was helping a guy. I was helping a guy with a difficult situation that he was in, marriage situation, friend of mine from years back. And I was helping this guy. And I was sharing with him, and I was listening to him, and he was pouring his heart out to me and, and all this kind of stuff. And I said something to him that was direct and to the point. You know I can do that, right? <clears throat> and, and I told him something that was the truth. And he got mad. And he got ticked with me, you know? And, and, and his eyeballs started kind of protruding, you know, and, and, and his face was like contorting, and, and he just, he didn't want to hear that, you know, and I could have said, man, crap, I've driven all this way for you, and I've, I'm here, and I, I bought your lunch, and I'm telling you the truth about something, and you know, man, I mean, I just sweated blood to get here to do this, no, no he, he didn't like it, but you know what? If I hadn't learned how to be a friend, if I had not learned through the example of Jesus how to be a friend in unfriendly situations, if I had not learned that, then I would have turned on him, you know? And there was a day, there was a day that I could turn, you know? And, and one of the places that I used to turn was on the basketball court, you know? And, and you know... I was a power forward, you know, I'm a power guy, and, and I was a power forward under the basket, and people always hanging all over, you know, and it just, there's just times you just had enough, you know, and it was just like, you know, an elbow to the, to the chin, and then we turn around and we just duke it out right there. I mean, that, that, every fight I ever got in, in was on a basketball court, because, man, I got riled up and, you know, well, I was sitting across the table with this guy. And I'm pouring my heart out to this guy, and he gets ticked at me because I spoke the truth. But you know what the truth of the matter is? How is he going to know any different than what he's experiencing if someone doesn't speak the truth and is able to handle what comes back, you see, and just love him anyway, no matter what he says? Because a couple of days later, the guy calls me back and he says, you know, what do you think he said? No, he said, you're wrong. No, he did. <clears throat> no, he, he said, he said, you know what? You're right. He said, you're right. What you said is true. And I've, I've got to deal with myself. And I said, you're right. You know, and I could hear him pause for a minute, you know, like he was thinking maybe I was going to back off a little. And I just said, no. You're right. I mean, you know, people, people are so afraid of somebody being right that they're wrong. People are so afraid, they're so afraid that you're going to be right when you tell them that they're wrong. They're afraid of it. But you know what? 
That's when you can begin to be liberated and become and, and find out who you really are. But you can't do that if you're not born again. I know people that have been in church for years. They're not born again. I know some people in the ministry that I know personally that have been in the ministry for years and have preached to other people, and they're not born again. See, because here's born again. You hear what I'm teaching tonight? I'm going to give you a couple things that you do at the end of what we're talking about here in the next few minutes. And you ask Jesus to come in your heart, and he comes in your heart, and you're born again. You ask Jesus to come and live in you and make the difference, and what happens is he begins to make the difference. But you have to believe that there's a first birth in the flesh, but then there's a second birth that you have to have to understand spiritual things. There's the natural world, and you can't, you can't get born again if you weren't born first. So everybody say, thank God for my first birth. Amen? Thank God for your first birth. Don't be complaining about your first birth. Well, you know, if I just would have been born this way, or if I'd have had different parents, or if I'd not, thank God you're here. But now, 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 everything in your life needs to begin to line up with second birth. Well, you know, problem in my life is because, you know, in my, my family, you know, we're all a bunch of hotheads, okay? So let's get, let's get free of it, but you can't get free of it if you don't have a second birth. But if you have a second birth, then you can get liberated from being a hothead. Well, you know, I, I don't expect to live past 50 because nobody in my family lived past 50, okay? That's first birth. See, but in second birth, we find all these promises in there that belong to us. And man, when we embrace those promises and they work for us, man, there's no end to what we can do. We can be healed and healthy and we can be prosperous and we can have peace of mind and we can overcome, as the song was saying and singing tonight, we can overcome in every situation we face. Why? Because we're born again, second birth. First birth of the womb, water of the womb. Second birth of the spirit, right? Next week, we're going to talk about, in the friendship realm, about being baptized in the Spirit. And when you understand that you're a friend of God and that He already had things set up for you before you were even thought about, then you know that every promise in the Word belongs to you. And so you can be born again, but yet you can be filled with the Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues and understand what that's really about. And God will show you because it's just a gift. It's just something that is there for you at, at, at your disposal. It's there. He's given it to you. All you got to do is learn to receive it. But tonight, from the friend, he wants you to realize how important it is to be born again. Most of us sitting in here tonight are born again. And most of us that have been here for a long period of time realize that we don't talk a lot and don't preach a lot about being born again. Why would you preach being born again to people that are born again? Right? But every once in a while, we drop it in there because I want you to be aware of how privileged that you are 
to be able to live an overcoming life because of the overcomer that lives inside of you. Man, man, how privileged that we are tonight to be born again. And if you're not born again, the opportunity that you have tonight to receive Jesus as your Savior. Because he can't be the one in control of your life until he, he's the one that, that uh, is birthed, that, that births your life. He, he can't be in control of it until you're born again. And tonight, I'm going to read these last couple of verses of Scripture, and I want you to think about this. In, in 2 Corinthians 5, and this is a really powerful passage of Scripture. It's a familiar passage if you've been in the kingdom much, especially if you've been around here. But there's something about it. And it says in verse 17, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. And everything has become new. Now, all these things that are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, has given us now the ministry to reconcile. Verse 21 says this. We'll back it up to verse 20. Then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him, Christ, he God, the Father, made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. He made him, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become something. He made him to take on all the filth and the crud and the junk of life. He made him to be all that so that we could become what he created us to be. And, and, and ultimately, what he wants you to become is what a friend represents. Somebody that stands Somebody that has overcome situations. Somebody that, that will believe to the end with someone. Someone Because, listen, we live in a life where it's like, well, you know, I'll do something for a while and then I get tired of it. Or I'll do something for a season and I just throw in the towel and I get frustrated. Why? Because we've, in our born-again life, we've not connected with being a friend of God. And we don't see God as our friend. When we begin to see God as a friend, and we walk in that friend relationship with God, and, and, and we understand how to be that, then we can be that for other people. And that's why we're born again. My point tonight, and what I'm driving home to you tonight is, that when you're born again, God wants there to be fruit. He wants there to be manifestation of the fact that we're born again. Not just saying, well, you know, I got saved, you know, 30 years ago, or I got saved 50 years ago, or I got saved two years ago. But what are you doing with it? I'm telling you what God wants done with our salvation is to be a friend. To be a friend. God's your friend. You're his friend. And now he's created you to be a friend. God is your friend. 
You're his friend, and he created you to be a friend. And when we get born again, we have the capability of being everything that Jesus was for us, to other people, to lay our lives down for others. You say, well, you mean that we're supposed to die for other people? No, actually, now we're supposed to live for them. Hmm? Not take a bullet for them, but to live for them. To be patient with people. To be kind with people. To be long-suffering. To not think of yourself always, but to think of the good of others. That's what he created us to do. To accomplish that, we must be born again. Two verses that I'm going to read to you. Romans chapter 8, I mean Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. In verse 9, it says, And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be what? Saved. Now watch this, verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Remember the verse we just read in 2 Corinthians 5? It says that we might be made the righteousness of God. It's a, it's a process. When, we, when old things are passed away and everything is brand new and we've accepted Jesus, now we're learning to live this righteous life and walk this righteous walk and become everything God created us to be, to become kind. Not easy to be kind when someone's ugly to you. Someone cutting you off in traffic and give you the bird and all that. I mean, you know, just to smile and just say, bless them, Lord, and love them. Now, you know, you want to hit them. Take them out. Run them off the road. Get up beside them and look over at them and just let them know you know what they did. Hmm? No, we're becoming righteous. We're becoming what we need to be. We're learning to practice those kind of things in the midst of it. And listen, if you're born again, you got the goods on the inside to be able to do it. And from tonight on, you're going to think about God is your friend, you're his friend, and he empowered you to be a friend. And you got to know and see everything that the Scripture says and the promises say to us that we're to be, we're to allow those promises, yeah, to be working in us, but then through us. Because his anointing is what makes the difference, but it's the anointing in us and his power in us working through us because we're becoming righteous and we're becoming right in situations on a day-to-day basis because, okay, yesterday I gave the guy the look. Today, I chose not to. The next day, I may struggle again, but the next day, I'm repenting to God and I'm, I want to do it right. I want to do it right. I'm going to stay with it till I get right. Can you say amen? 